Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know who that cheering belongs to, right? Belongs to the Boston Bruins. <laughs> What a day to be doing this podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in the Hub of Champions podcast. We are truly Shuki Rights, where I will admit this episode will be all about the Boston Bruins because there's two major good reasons why. And that is because Don Sweeney, he deserves all of the accolades, all of the praise, for the work that he has done specifically today, on this Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. Hope all of you are having a great Thursday, because every Bruin fan, whether you're here in the Boston area, in the Boston, in New England, or anywhere, you have every right to be happy. In fact, the rest of the NHL, they're, they're big mad. They're envious. They hate us because they ain't ain't us. That's the reason why. The NHL, the rest of the NHL, the other 31 teams, they're mad. Why? Because they hate us because they ain't us. I made it very clear. The reality is that the Boston Bruins, in a season in which that I've said this already, and I've said it again, this has been a season of epic proportion up until this point. Despite the fact that the four-game road trip the Bruins just completed did not go without bumps and bruises on the road, they still managed to win all four of the games. They beat Seattle, they beat Vancouver, they beat Calgary, and the Edmonton Oilers as well. But however... The bumps in the road came in the form of injuries. Taylor Hall and Nick Felino are out. Nick Felino is on injury reserve. However, Taylor Hall, unfortunately, is on long-term IR, LTIR, unfortunately. So as a result, that created cap space, which fortunately, good news, if you're a Bruins fan, Don Sweeney paid attention to the playbook of the Tampa Bay Lightning from a few years ago. Nikita Kucherov gets injured early in the 2020-21 season. He gets put at LTIR. Tampa Bay has salary cap room. They go out and they make moves. And they win the second straight Stanley Cup. The Bruins, however, in a season where it's abundantly clear that this is win the Stanley Cup or it's a freaking bust. They have put all of the chips and put all the marbles into this season and this season only. They go out and they get a guy by the name of Tyler Bertuzzi. I'm sure many of you have heard that name before. Tyler Bertuzzi is a nephew, nephew of a former NHLer in Todd Bertuzzi. I'm sure many of you hockey fans remember that name quite well. But enough about Todd. It's about Tyler Bertuzzi. I love this move for the Boston Bruins for a, no, for a number of reasons. I'll give you my reasons why. Number one, the guy can score. 
I mentioned it on Twitter earlier for those who that don't follow me on Twitter. Follow me at Shukri Writes at S H U K R I W R I G S T S. I mentioned this earlier in which that Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy that has scored 20 goals in a season twice. Just last season, he scored a career high 30 goals for the Detroit Red Wings. He was playing on a top line that featured Dan Larkin, who just got extended long-term by the Detroit Red Wings. Congratulations to Dan Larkin. Unfortunately, he lost his best friend in the process. And that was Tyler Bertuzzi. Congratulations, uh, Dylan. You got yourself no contract. Oh, by the way, your best friend's shipping off to Boston. Like, that's really what happened. So... Unfortunately, for the Red Wings, you should have a happy and jubilant Dylan Larkin, but you had a very sad and depressed one. I'm not poking fun of the guy. But Tyler Bertuzzi clearly meant something to Dylan Larkin. And the Bruins saw value in Tyler Bertuzzi and said, hey, we'll trade you a protected first-round draft pick for, for next year for Tyler Bertuzzi. And he did. And oh, by the way, in addition to the fact that he, that he can score, despite that this year he only has 14 points on the season. He has got four goals and 10 assists. In what I would categorize as a very unlucky year, he, he's had some injuries this year. But the reality is when he's healthy, the guy can score. And you're hoping that a change of scenery would actually do him wonders, considering that... You know you're going from a team that is on the uptick, but the reality is they're not a playoff contender just yet, to a team that has aspirations of winning the Stanley Cup this season. This should serve as some sort of a jolt for Tyler Bertuzzi. Reason number two why I like Tyler Bertuzzi as a Boston Bruin. The guy has snarl. He's got a lot of bite in his game. He is physical. Now, stop me if you've heard this before. But when the Bruins acquired Dimitri Orlov and Garnett Hathaway from the Washington Capitals last week, one of the things that I highlighted heavily on was the fact that both Orlov and Hathaway, especially Dimitri Orlov um, in particular, for a blue liner, he's got a lot of nasty in his game. He is physical. He is in your face. But as we learned on the, on the road trip, Dimitri Orlov, could also produce offense and help create offense. Go see the Calgary game the other night in which that he had the assist down low to Paulo Zaka on the game-time goal in that game. Obviously, the Bruins won that game in overtime. Charlie McAvoy, thank you very much. However, with that being said, Garnet Hathaway was also a guy who, who not only could provide offense, who, but you need that type of player who is going to be physical in the bottom six role. That's why I said that I, that I absolutely loved the deal when the deal was made last week. Fast forward to today. Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy who, in my humble opinion, is someone who can, in fact, also bring a physicality to his game, and that's something that the Boston Bruins have lacked sorely over the last few years. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have been very consistent on this point here over the last few years. 
what was my number one critics, my, my number one criticism rather, in regards to the Boston Bruins come to playoffs, or even during the regular season over the last few years prior to this year? My number one criticism was the fact that they weren't physical, that other teams in the league were outmuscling them in the playoffs. I have said this over and over again. I've said this on radio shows. I've said this in, in like videos I've done them or whatever. I've set this point publicly. And here we are on this day. You can say in the la in one of the last three trades, or should I say acquisitions, I'm not gonna call them trades, but yeah, two the both of them were trades. The Garnet Hathaway and the Dimitri Arloff, that was one trade. And the other trade, obviously, for today, Tyler Batuzzi. And the last two trades that Bruins have made, they have added nastiness. They've added grit. They added physicality, something that the Bruins lacked when they last made their run to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2019. I don't need to remind Bruins fans as to what happened in that Stanley Cup final? Oh, that's right. They lost in Game 7. What was one of the reasons why? They got outmuscled by St. Louis, by the St. Louis Blues in that series. This time around, the Bruins, they are not going to be the one that's getting pushed around. They're going to be the ones that's going to be doing the pushing. They're going to have a, you know what, I'm going to get in your face and kick your ass type of mentality, type of play in their game. And that's something that is a welcome sight for Bruin fans who love old-time hockey. I mean, this is the truth. Go back and look at the 2011 Stanley Cup Championship team. We love that old-time hockey in a region that loves its dirty water. Right? Excuse me. Exactly. Now, with all that being said, I want to also add on to this point here that I've talked about in terms of Tyler Batuzzi and the fact that this move was made because of the injury that Taylor Hall sustained the other night during the road trip and as well as the injury to Nick Foligno as well. This was my concern coming into March. In terms of the war of attrition, the Bruins schedule in a week's time, it's about to ramp up where they're going to be playing every other night on average with back-to-backs in that schedule as well over the course of the next three weeks. I have been saying this on Twitter, on videos or whatever. I've been saying this publicly in which that, that's the point that I'm making, in which that the Bruins have to get and they need to add depth because these final few weeks, it is going to be gruesome. And when I said that at the time, I was talking about in terms of the schedule. I wasn't realizing at that time that the rest of the Eastern Conference was going to beef up as well. I mean, you want to talk about a, a hockey arms race in the Eastern Conference? <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, it sure as hell going to be. Go look at the New York Rangers. They brought back Tyler Mott. They, they went out and they acquired um, Vladimir Tarasenko, and they just added Patrick Kane, oh, by the way. 
uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. They just acquired uh, Jesse Puliarvi from formerly of the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, that's right. The Devils also went out. They, they um, acquired Timo Meyer as well, formerly of the San Jose Sharks. So the best contenders in the East, they, they've all gone out and made deals. Oh, by the way, Toronto, not to be forgotten, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've gone out and made deals as well. So all of the teams in the East that are contending are going to be contending for the Cup. They've all gone out and made moves. And the thing that I will give Don Tweeney credit for this, that he saw other teams in the East go out and make deals. And he realized that, you know what? There's a weakness on this club. What are we going to do? We're going to go out and actually make moves ourselves. In which that I do think that if we're going to have a very open and honest conversation about this, Don Sweeney said that we're going to be proactive in something that he has done some, to some extent in the past. We're going to go out and be proactive and address this weakness now. Because this is an all-time great regular season that, we're, that we have witnessed so far for the Boston Bruins. And now, we're at a point in which that if you are the Boston Bruins, the pressure is now on. Because the GM, Don Sweeney, he's gone out. He's done his job. And what more can you possibly ask for if you're a Bruins fan? It's a great day. It's a phenomenal day to be a Bruins fan. And there is reasons why this one other news that happened today is such huge news for this organization and its fans in which that we have been waiting for a while now for this particular piece of news. I want to tell you exactly what that news is and as well as talk about what I think are the ramifications of this move. Coming up next here on the Believe in the Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wrights. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope all of you are having a great Thursday or wherever and whenever you're listening to this podcast or watch the podcast on YouTube. I wanted to talk about uh, my thoughts on the Bruins signing David Pasternak to a long-term extension today. Eight years, $90 million deal is 11.25 AAV, which is the average annual value of the deal uh, on a per year basis. And for a while now, if you follow me on Twitter, you follow me on social media, I have been openly vocal about the fact that the Bruins need to extend David Pasternak. They need to resign him. I even mentioned that you don't let the guy that you've been in a long-term relationship with start flirting with the marketplace. 
And on Thursday morning, the Boston Bruins went out and they said, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We are going to, we're going to turn around and we're going to lock you up long term. I believe that the Boston Bruins not only did right by the best right, right winger in hockey right now in David Pasenak, they made a decision in which that told the fan base, we have a pretty strong belief in this next core of Boston Bruins that is going to ensure that beyond this year that the Bruins are going to remain competitive. Now, I want to bring up a point in relation to this on this matter that I may mention in a tweet earlier today. I mentioned that now that Pasenak is signed long-term, you have to really like what you've seen in terms of the Bruins' recent contract extensions that are long-term. The only concern that I have is the fact that, obviously, Bergeron Creature, we don't know how much longer they're going to play. We don't know. But this new core that they now have in tow, long-term, with Charlie Coyle, Linus Olmark, you talk about Hampus Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy, and, I mean, my goodness, in fact, I think in itself is it is truly amazing to think that that this core group of guys are going to be around for the next several years. And that also includes Brad Marshall, who's got two more years after this one on his current deal, in which that <laughs> I can't help but to feel excited. I, I just can't. And... I want to read you the tweet that I specifically uh, tweeted out to make sure that I did not forget anybody else. I mentioned that, here it is. This is exactly, well, this is the tweet that I made earlier. Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, Pavel Zaka, Linus Olmark, and now David Pasenak. I mentioned Marshan already. They're signed long-term. Marshan has two more years, by the way, um, after this one. And then also, don't forget about Charlie Coyle, as I mentioned. But the point that, I, that I'm making is that even if, let's say, Bruins win the Cup this year, right? Bergeron and Crazy said, you know what? It's been great, guys. We're going to you know, walk off into the sunset, right? Fine. It would hurt, yeah, because you lose your top two centers, no question. But... This team is not going to suddenly just fall off a cliff. They're not going to be suddenly just bad. That's the point that I want to start making as well. Even No matter what happens this season, how, however it ends, Stanley Cup or not, the Boston Bruins are not going to just suddenly fall off a cliff. David Pasenak is going to be a, a big reason why. David Pasenak is a 50-goal scorer. This guy is going to score. He's going to produce in the playoffs. There is only one thing left for him to do, win the Stanley Cup, and he is going to be a big reason why the Bruins do so when the playoffs begin next month. There's a reason why I am of the belief that David Pasternak signing with the Boston Bruins long-term is such a big deal. 
it's a huge deal for the Boston Bruins and the NHL. Here's why. First reason, this is someone that was drafted, developed in the organization, drafted in 2014, and has become one of the premier wingers in the NHL. Number two, he is a young player. He's still young. He's, he's 26 years old. He came up at a time when Zdeno Chara was, you know, obviously towards the end of his prime. Patrice Bergeron was in his prime. Krejci, Tuka Rask, guys that were on the Stanley Cup team in 2011 and won. And being part of that Bruins culture in which that you work hard, you show up, and you have a, a hard hat mentality in terms of you show up and you, you work hard and you put in the work and that you bust your tail on the ice, on and off the ice, and be a, and be a good representation to what the Boston Bruins are all about. Pasta came up in that environment. And the fact that the guys who, who had already won the Cup in 2011 are getting older, let's frank, frankly say it, they're towards the end of their careers. They are the ones that are now grooming the next generation. Who are the next generation? The guys that I mentioned in my tweet. Lindholm, McAvoy, Coyle, Pasanak, as, as I mentioned already, Pavel Zaka. They are the next generation. And then, oh, by the way, we still got Mason Lowry coming up and Fabian Lysel coming up shortly. And then these current group of guys are going to influence and impact the next wave of Bruins that's going to be coming up through the Bruins farm system. And that matters. And then lastly, the third reason why I think that this is such a huge deal is because you don't grow 50 goal scorers or 40 goal scorers on trees. They just don't exist like that anymore in the NHL. Yes, the, the game has grown offensively. Yes, I get that. But you don't go out and find guys who are wingers who can score 40-plus goals for you with ease like that. You just don't. They don't come around often. When was the last time before David Posnock was a Bruin, the last time you had a guy who was able to score for you 35-plus goals consistently? Mind you, I said consistently for a reason. Consistently because Lucic, Milan Lucic, that is, scored 30 goals the one year, the year the Bruins won a cup in 2010-2011. He never scored had another 30-goal season again after that. The point is, when you have a guy who can score at an elite level consistently, you keep them around. You invest in him long term. Pasenak is beloved here among Bruin fans. Of course, you're going to have, um, you know, sports talk shows like Felgren Mass is going to find a reason why to completely crap on Pasenak on the, on the deal. Oh my God, we don't love the deal. <laughs> like, I mean, of course, this is what you do. But the reality is, you need a David Pasenak. Despite of whatever perceived flaw that he may have, you need him. The Bruins need him. Better late than, than, than never, correct? Right? Yeah. 
I thought so. So the big news of the day, the Bruins locking up David Pasternak for eight years, $90 million, AAV value of $11.25 million per season, home run. I mean, what more could you possibly ask for? Especially if you're the Boston Bruins. All, all, the only thing that's left for them to do now is win the Stanley Cup. They have the team. They got the best goalie in hockey. They got the best blue line in hockey. You got the best right winger in hockey in Pasenak. What else is there left to do? Get healthy. Just get healthy. You know that Hall is going to be out for an extended period of time. You know that Felino is going to be out. He's on injury reserve right now. It's not a matter of if. When they do get healthy, this is going to be a team that is going to be absolutely impossible to beat and knock out of the playoffs. I can't remember the last time I've truly felt this strongly about the Boston Bruins and wish that they have a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup as much as they do this season. I get there are Bruins fans that are concerned about the future, and, and, and those concerns are legit. But we're not talking about the future right now. The future is right now. This is their last kick of the can, so to speak. I think everybody recognizes that now. Right? So let us all begin to live in the moment, appreciate the moment for what it is, and revel in the fact that the Bruins, there's an energy and excitement for this team that hasn't been felt in quite some time. I feel it. I think all of Boston feels it. All of New England feels it. Bruin fans all, all over feel it. Stanley Cup playoffs are going to be so much fun. It's going to be stressful as hell, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the Believe in Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wrights. Welcome back to the Believe in Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shikri Wrights. We spend a lot of time, in fact, all of our time talking about the Bruins. This episode, for good reason, on a day where it has been a monster day for the Bruins organization and franchise. I do think that if you are a Bruins fan, you have to really be thrilled with the moves. The Bruins going out and trading for Tyler Batuzzi. On the heels of having just acquired Demetri Olof and Garner Hathaway from the Washington Capitals a week ago. And as well as, um, you know, like signing David Pasternak to a long-term deal. There's a lot to like right now. There's a lot to like with this team. And I'm pumped. I'm excited. But just real quick, while we still have a few minutes left um, on this episode, I just want to mention quickly about the, the Boston Celtics. Um, last night they, they beat the, the Cleveland Cavaliers and I thought the Cavaliers are going to be a really tough out come the NBA playoffs, whoever they get in the first round. Right? Maybe it's the Knicks, maybe it's another team, but the Cavaliers, they are feisty. They're young and they're good. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has been an absolute godsend for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And yet, Jason Tatum had a, a great bounce back game, 41 points. In the win for the for the Celtics last night, and another team that also plays in the TD Garden that's expected to win a championship this season, this is a great get. And I am, I am of the belief that this is going to be a team 
the Celtics, that is, if they can make the in-game adjustments, do not be so dependent heavily on a three-point game, that this is going to be a team that should have no problems getting back to the NBA Finals. Their biggest challenge in the East is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks, especially with a healthy Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. And if Giannis, when, when he does get healthy, hmm, it's going to be good. It is going to be absolutely fantastic. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the, of the Believe in Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wrights. Signing off. Thank you for listening and watching. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it, and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. Take care, everybody. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.